And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. It is a great joy to welcome to our show, for the very first time, Betty Guadayo. She had a very interesting near-death experience. At night, I was watching it on YouTube, and I saw her very fascinating experience. I had to talk to her. Betty, we can learn more about her by going to her Instagram, which we'll post a link. Betty, welcome to our show. Thank you so much. So grateful to be here. Thank you. I found your your experience, it was so like fascinating because you actually remember, or you had this experience where you visually saw you picking your life out before you even got here. Can you please describe that? And before even that, I have a tendency to go to Mother Ed. What happened to you that you had this near-death experience? So my near-death, well, my experience is more of a near-death-like experience. I didn't actually physically die. Uh, So I have some language for it today. What I had was a spontaneous kundalini awakening. And kundalini energy is described as life force energy. So this was the first time that any of my energy centers were like coming online and being activated. So it was like a death and rebirth all in one instant. But when I had this awakening experience, it was onset by a drug overdose and I was transported to the space of eternity, the same space that near-death experiencers describe. And while I was there, I was taken through my pre-birth planning. So how some people believe in an afterlife, I was taken through my life before life. And the way that I visualized it was a lot like a video game. And that probably has a lot to do with the generation I was born in, the culture that I was raised around. And so it looked to me like a grocery store. And in this grocery store, there was this man, he was leading me through my experience. He was wearing a plaid blazer and a fedora. And he told me to go through the shopping center and to pick my life experiences. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of looked like cereal boxes along these, these grocery store walls. And each cereal box had an experience on it. And so like myself as a soul, I was like, oh, well, if I'm going to earth, I'm going to earth. And I decided to pick so many boxes. I had my cart overflowing and my, my, the life experiences that I chose for myself were very dense, lots of contrast. And at the time of my experience, I had only experienced the shadow of life, like darkness, despair, depravity, depression, grief, loss, lack, And then I saw inside the shopping cart that there was actually some positive experiences in there, but I hadn't gotten to them yet. And so that's my experience with being downloaded with that belief. Oh my goodness. So I I know when you were in there, why would you, why did you pick the, the, the darker ones? 
Yes. So it's, so the reason for the contrast in my particular life is for the involvement of my soul, my soul. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I, I can't decide whether earth is like the Ivy league of spiritual schools or whether it's like where you go when you can't pass a math class, it's like the lower version. I can't decide, but yeah. So like, if I wanted to go maybe for like the, you know, the, the maybe a little bit more positive or grandiose experience, I would say that my soul is taking, you know, like a double major at Yale university. That's what I'm perceiving earth is. And so in order for my soul to evolve and come to a place of true spiritual surrender, um, grace, divinity, you know, like a connection with my creator, I had to experience the exact opposite so that when I had the experience of my spiritual awakening, I would have a lot of reasons to not want to go back to the last version of my life. Okay. And when you recall yourself in this grocery store pre-birth life plan, do you have any semblance of a feeling of what your personality is like? The totality, the totality of your consciousness in this reality, as opposed to where you are in the human form. Is there a well, difference? Yeah, definitely. The personality profile does not transfer over. In my experience, it didn't anyway. Um, I felt like very neutral but also enveloped in unconditional love, like unconditional love was the base. So, I mean, it's a, it's a feeling that I can't, that I have no words to even describe what it was like, but it was neutral in that space. But like me being able to compute it back through my human mind, it was the most beautiful feeling of elation that I'll ever experience. So the personality profile didn't transfer. However, when I was picking out the life experiences and I was seeing how they would play out in my human life, I was downloaded with the feelings that I would experience. So like, for instance, I chose to be an addict. And so I saw as I picked this cereal box, what the storyline could look like with me as an addict and the way that it would feel. But in eternity, like we don't have any sense of time. So I'm feeling it for half of a human second in eternity. And I'm like, oh, I can handle that. But in reality, for me here on earth, it was 35 years, but I don't understand what 35 years means up there. So. That's pretty wild. See, Betty, I'm going to, I think I'm going to be like the Karen of earthbound souls because I, I I want to see the manager about this because this birth, I have so many issues. Like I know that you, I imagine that when you go back, you're going to, you know, have these beautiful experiences and these people are going to be there welcoming you. And they're saying, oh, Betty, great job. You fulfilled your life purpose. And I just don't think I'm going to be like that. I think I'm going to walk back in and I'm going to see, I imagine I'm going to see this like, I don't think I'm a dark person, but I, I'm going to be pissed off. I'm going to be upset as to why this had to happen. Why did we have, why did I have to personally go to a place on earth? And granted, there's a lot of beauty. There's some beautiful people. There's some beautiful animals. But I feel like this, this whole place is immersed in evil and stupidity. Beyond the likes for which I I, I think that evolution has got to be a challenge, if not theoretically impossible. I, I find it um, challenging to be in the human form um, and to have an openness to this. And to understand how this could possibly be, but how come there's no exit ramps for this? Did you ever get any kind of semblance that some people may have buyer's remorse if they came here 
and that some people may be able to, I don't know, return some of the things that they put in their carts. Do we have any kind of ability to uh, put back yeah. some of these experiences? Yes, yes, yes. Well, I will say that when I got to the space of heaven, mm-hmm. I was furious. I was furious. Oh, really? because I was wrong. I had lived my whole life as a very devout militant atheist. And then I went into this space and I was like, no way, no way I was wrong. I can't believe it. So I'm probably, yeah, one of the only spirits to make it to heaven and actually be pissed. Um, And then in my experience, yeah, you know, like, I will, I'll just say this, like on earth, it can be whatever you want it to be. You know, like your experience is completely individual. It's completely up to you. So if you want to see it as a space of negativity and darkness, then that's exactly what you'll receive. Like that's how the law of attraction works. If I say the world is, is full of trauma, it's full of tragedy. Then the universe says back to me, the world is full of trauma. The world is full of tragedy. But if I choose to switch my thought and I decide to see it a different way, then that will get reflected back at me as well. So now today I see my experience as beautiful and I'm here for the involvement of my soul. And, and I might not always be totally on board with what's happening. It's not like my life is, you know, like easy or, you know, completely divine, but I know that it's only for a short while. When I woke up in heaven, it felt like my human life was a dream. And I could only grab three seconds of my life out of 35 years of life. I could only remember three seconds of it. It really felt like waking up and saying like, Whoa, that was a crazy dream. Wait, what happened? That's like what it felt like. So yeah, you won't, you won't even remember to be, to be mad or to, to want to see a manager because it's just so instant. It's intense. It's intense being a focal point of attraction, being a spirit in the physical body right now, especially I think if you are aware or have a heightened sensitivity to it, I think fully, I don't believe, I believe that I'm a spirit within the body, but at the same time, I, I, it's when perceiving the world, I, I observe the way animals are treated. I think that's probably one of the hardest things I observe that the pain and suffering. And I don't say, well, that the world's cool. I just say, this is a part of this reality. Why does this have to happen within this reality? Why can't some of these lessons be learned in a realm that is not so insane? Why does that have to happen? So did you ever get any inclination? Well, yes. And and some of the spiritual texts that I study and I have integrated into my life today, I study A Course in Miracles. And A Course in Miracles tells me that this world is not real, that this is an illusion. And my spiritual experience confirms that because when I woke up in heaven, it truly felt like a dream. I was finally awake. I was home. I was in this feeling of reunion. So I know that nothing that actually happens here is real. I mean, it feels real, right? Like I feel my body, yeah. I see these things around me. Like I have relationships with other people. I feel intense emotions for them. But in real reality, knowing that I'm a divine spirit temporarily inhabiting a human body, my true nature is that of of spirit. So I like to think of it. I'm a big fan of a simulation theory. I love thinking of things like video games. So this is Sims Earth. I have a sim creator, my higher self, my soul has designed this human 3D avatar. And I have convinced myself that I am real inside the game. And I think it all the time when I, whenever I see somebody playing a video game, I'm like, does the character know that they're not real? Like, are you torturing them? Like killing them over and over again? 
but that's the way that I look at it. And it makes my experience a much lighter one. And, wow. and, and I can focus on the suffering and the sadness of the world. Of course, you know, like there's nothing that I can personally do about the way that animals are treated, except that I can choose to change my diet and not eat animal products. That's something that I can do for something that I feel great injustice for. All I can do is just change my own universe around it. Hey, beautiful. Beautiful set. I'm going to look at this more as a video game and uh, try to rack up some more points because I think that when it comes to the side quest of driving my wife crazy, I am like the all-time chip leader. I've got to have a high score on that. When you uh, get coming back to your your experience outside of the body and having all that, did you also get a sense or feeling of the time that you were entering into if there were any things that you were anticipating that the world was going to change dramatically because I remember when you were here, when I first listened to your near death experience, I found one thing very fascinating is that you're saying that, okay, first year, 20, first years of your life, you're in darkness, you come back here. And one of the things you're, you're here for is to raise consciousness. So I, I thought to myself, like, that's very commendable because in being immersed in this news cycle all the time, because my day job is, you know, to be in this news cycle and seeing how crazy this is. I felt like consciousness, if it was going to evolve, was going to evolve quicker in the 80s and i feel like in the 80s and it just kind of like i don't know got crazier maybe this is my bias because i was born in late 78 you, did you ever get a semblance or feeling as to what was going to happen on earth or did you see anything of what was going to happen on earth and how were you trying to raise consciousness uh, with your mission Okay. So yeah, my download was very loud and clear while I was in heaven. They told me that I'm a spiritual soldier. I've been okay. sent here on a divine mission to uplift the consciousness of the planet from a level of third dimensional thinking to fifth dimensional thinking. And I do that just by being myself, <laughs> totally boring, like no space guns, no lasers. I just do that by being like a shining testimony of the fact that in my life, transformation has been so possible. I mean, like it's it not only possible, it's inevitable. You know, like this wasn't part of my picture. I never planned on transforming from the version that I was before. Before my experience, like I said, it was darkness, depravity, trauma, tragedy. After my experience, the opposite. And so for me, that is the shift in consciousness. It's the shift in consciousness in my own life. And if that's possible for me, it's literally possible for anyone. There are no words in the human language to explain to you what kind of depraved animal I was before my spiritual experience but it's not the person that's sitting here today. And so I know that if that's possible for me, it can happen to anybody. People I have resentments against, people that are affluent in our culture that like everyone despises, they have the power of transformation too. I know it's a hard pill to swallow, but it's absolutely possible. And so for me, the evolution of consciousness is about switching our levels of thought. It's not necessarily like going to be something very tangible. I don't perceive it that way anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's about th a third dimensional level of thinking is very ego centered, very self centered. A fifth dimensional level of thinking is God centered. It's service centered, and so you know I I witness that shift happening in my own life, and I see it in the lives of people around me as well. And you know, like it's like that. So it's like sort of infectious. Like when one person starts doing something, it it reaches another person, and then them, and and so on and so on, and it trickles all the way through the collective. Okay. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that about the thoughts, changing your thoughts. But if you are in a physical body, 
And that body is, the health is variable. There's a variation with that health. I, I know I can't think straight when I'm sick. I got really sick with COVID uh, two years ago and I was not the same person. So my, my thought forms that was spitting out were completely different than when I was healthy. So if you are in a body and your body, for whatever reason, is uh, not feeling well or you are inundated with a mental health crisis, how do you continue to center yourself and continue to bring forth peaceful thoughts centered in spirit when you have a mental health condition or you have a body that is not at its optimal level? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank so you. I'll speak from my own experience. Asking other people for help was the key to everything. My physical body was damaged. My mental awareness was completely distraught. And, you know, spiritual wellness, I didn't have any because I didn't know anything about spirituality before my experience. But I know that from my experience now and integrating all of this is asking other people for help. So it would be impossible if I'm in a mental health crisis for me to be like, let me stay God centered. Let me be of service to somebody like I can't I can't do anything. I can't get out of my own way. Right. But somebody else can help pull me out of that rut. I know it, you know, like if I, if I dug myself into a hole or I perceive that I'm in some sort of rut, it's going to take somebody lifting me out to help me. And, you know, like, and that's when for me, my spirituality really shows up, you know, like these divine synchronicities, angels incarnate spirit guides that come into human form to lift me out of a situation that I'm meant to be lifted out of. And, you know, I think the same thing with with physical ailments as well, you know, I, and again, I believe in pre-birth planning. So I do believe that some things are predetermined and sometimes people do have forms of illness as part of their pre-birth plan. I can't see the reason why I have no idea why maybe they were the picture of health in a past life and they wanted to experience the contrast in this life. Um, but for me, definitely community reaching out to other people that that can always uh lift whatever sort of burden i'm carrying on myself thank you thank you for sharing that you know when it comes to spirit guides i have to i'm gonna have to i have to apologize to the audience because i i hope this a lot I'm like a broken record sometimes i i really have been trying to connect with spirit guides i don't even know if i have them because i think i fired them years ago whatever do you do all people have spirit guides or do some people just kind of come here and like, maybe you don't have spirit guides. Maybe you, you part of your experience is to go through life without spirit guides. Maybe you're here to fly blind. I'm just curious. How does that whole thing work? Yeah. Well, I, I'll just say this as far as the law of attraction goes, yeah. when you say that you're trying to do something, you'll yeah. always be in a state of trying. Okay. So instead of saying like, I'm trying to connect to my spirit guides, all the universe here is, is he's trying. Instead, you can say, I am connecting to my spirit guides, speaking in affirmation. And okay. you know, a lot of this, so I think of spirit guides as customer service agents, right? We're inside this video game. I need a helpline. And so I can call on a spirit guide to come and help me. Um, I think that everybody does have spirit guides. Everybody has access to the helpline. It's just whether they're willing to believe in it. Do they have enough faith in the system that they can't tangibly see or feel? And just do they have enough belief, right? So for me, it took me a long time to come to a place of belief. It took me getting to the bottom of rock bottom to even come anywhere near having a, a little inch of belief. 
Um, and you know, my spirit guides, I designed them. That's like the beauty, the power of our imagination. We are divine co-creators of our experience here. For me, being downloaded with the pre-birth plan really helped with that. I saw that I'm the creator of my experience, every aspect of it. And so I continue to design the aspects of my experience. So if I want to connect with a spirit guide, well, it helps for me for this spirit guide to have a name. Okay, Thomas, now you exist. Your name is Thomas. This is what you look like. This is what you can help me with. And then I just really put a lot of my energy into having faith, faith in the unknown, faith in things that I can't see. And I leave myself open to miracles manifesting in my life. And they truly do. That's really awesome. So if you create in your mind a guide and you put it out there, will the universe provide consciousness to match that creation? Yeah, well, I, you know, it's like kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg. Mm -hmm. I think that I wouldn't have the idea about the guide unless that stream of consciousness already existed somewhere. So I'm just sort of hopping into that river. It already exists. I mean, we live in, we live in infinity, you know, so like there's just an infinite number of possibilities. There's no way to wrap my human mind around what infinite, what infinity means, but I really feel like I can hop into different streams of consciousness and connect with different things just by shifting my awareness from one thing to the other. That's awesome. Like yeah. the point of attraction of, uh, of source. Well, Betty, um, one of my experiences, my wife, uh, I think I told you at the beginning, I drive a little crazy. And she, the other day, she, she heard me. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, who are you having a conversation with? And I was like, uh, she asked me. So I was like, all right. I was telling my wife that if I was a spirit guide to someone and they were contacting me, I would make it a point to, you know, contact them. And I was like, well, I, so I, just, I couldn't figure out why this thing was happening. So is there any particular thing in that could be blocking you? Say, for example, you're completely open. I'm very open to receiving, uh, you know, communication with spirit guides. I'm open. I'm connecting. But yet it doesn't happen. Yet you don't you don't see signs. You don't see you don't see billboards that kind of trigger something. You don't get it. Is there any particular reason why? I mean, could that be the fact that okay, part of your pre-birth plan is you don't get communication. Part of your pre-birth plan is you're cut off. You're cut off from the bar. I think that our spirit guides are always around us. I think that we can go through certain pockets of time in our experience where we've chosen to cut off our awareness. I know in my experience that was the case. I consciously chose for the first 35 years of my life to live in complete spiritual unawareness. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that, that could have shifted many times throughout my life. I could have hopped into awareness at many different exit points, but I just kept going. Um, and I do think that um, it really comes down to what makes the experience an experience for you. So the way the law of attraction works is that the more that you crave something, the more that you want something, the more resistance you create around it because you're uh, affirming to the universe, I don't have this. So you're saying, you're saying, I want communication with my spirit guides and I want it to look like this. You're not even leaving it open for the universe to surprise you in any way. You're like, I need a tangible proof. I need some sort of actual evidence that they're around. I need a lightning strike. I need a knock on the door. I need a window to break out of my apartment, whatever it is. 
So because you're saying that you want, and that not only that you want, but that you've designed the way that you want it to come to you, all you've done is create resistance around it. So really, it's just about like being chill and flowing and amazing things can come to you. I mean, it's incredible. Okay, this is good, because I'm not the only person that's, I know other people deals with it. So Betty, I just got to say it because this, maybe this this is a life hack here. You say that if you desire something more and that there's going to be resistance. So let's say, for example, some of us out there want to get to be a little thinner. If we focus on saying, I want to be overweight, I want to be overweight, I want to be, technically speaking, should that increase our metabolism? Should that mean that we're going to have more resistance and that we're just like, well, you're like, oh, you want to be overweight? (laughs) I want to make it thin. Fine. I I love that. That's an amazing. I love that so much. Um, it again, it comes down to belief. Do you believe that by affirming that you want to be overweight, that you'll lose weight? I mean, like that's a that's a reach. That's like a very hard reach. You know, I have a friend of mine, and he he swears that if he just affirms that like certain foods will make him thin, that he will lose weight. And I've been friends with him for years, and I keep waiting for like this miracle to happen. I believe that it could happen, but I also believe that we have so many blocks, like we have so many. Um, like rigid constructs set up in our mind that it would make it a, a little bit more challenging for something like that to happen. But, you know, like as far as manifesting reality, you know, like it also requires action steps. Like not everything is magical, right? Like we're here in form to do things in form. So if you say that you want to be a little bit thinner, then, you know, there's certain things that you can do to make that happen. You can move your body, you can exercise, you can eat clean, and, you know, you can affirm that you're doing good things for yourself and you can watch transformation start to take place. And it could take place faster if you really believe that, you know, like your thoughts shape this reality. And and I think like for something like that, manifesting qualities more than the outcome is more important. So like having structure, I I am structured, I am disciplined, you know, like things like that, things that it takes to kind of set in a new sort of lifestyle to make you a little bit healthier and get you on that track. I think that those things are really important when it comes to stuff like that. Excellent. Well, I looked, we said about um, upgrading your body. Is there anything that you particularly done or that you did get any knowledge from your experience of things that a person could do for their body that will increase their energy, that will increase their connection to spirit? Yes. The things that I just said, um, Mm -hmm. moving your body, drinking water, eating clean. For me, it was also letting go of drugs and alcohol. No more of that. That was lowering my vibration. I don't claim that truth for everyone, but for me, it most certainly was. And yeah, just these small little things, you know, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect by any means. I'm, I'm certainly not, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I still love sugar. <laughs> There's lots of it's things. Awesome. It's the best, right? Um, so, you know, like, but I also know the way that it makes me feel after I'm a lot more dialed into my body now than I was before. And so those are things that raise my vibration. Uh, and also being of service to other people, it raises my vibration in this magical way that allows amazing opportunities, like sitting here chatting with you today to come into my life just by being of service and doing a couple, just doing the next right thing. Nothing super fancy, just like doing the next right thing, little by little. Yeah. Magic can start to manifest. Excellent. Well, uh, 
Thank you for your answer. And uh, hopefully we get some more magic manifesting. You know, you mentioned uh, going into heaven. I say, so you pick your life experiences and you you go with your shopping cart. I think, you know, when you go on Amazon, you have a couple items. I think I picked like three chins. I was like, oh, I think I accidentally bought a few more things than I needed. But um, when you come in here, talked about evolving your spirit. If you are, if all of us are points of attraction of source, God, you want to call it that, and God is at the, the peak level of consciousness, what's why do why do souls have to evolve if you're already in eternity and you're already at the peak point of evolution and you're already at you know how much why would you have to come back here why would you have to do it why do you what how is why is growth even possible coming from eternity yeah so my short answer is that heaven is boring <laughs> like what are we doing there <laughs> we're just chilling and unconditional love and happiness I, I boring. Can, I can live with that we're like, let's go down to earth. I heard it's on fire. Let's go check that out. You know, that's really what I, I mean. Like that's gotta be what it is. Right. Wow. Yeah. Evolvement is not necessary, but it's something that we want to experience the same way that going to a theme park, it's not necessary. We don't have to go to a theme park and go on roller coasters, right? Like you, you don't have to, but you want to, you want to go see what it's like. You want to go have fun. You want to go on a roller coaster. It's only 60 seconds on the ride. It's not that big of a deal, right? A lot of waiting in line, stuff like that. Um, but that's basically the way that I see earth. This is just one roller coaster in a big, huge theme park. And it's a really fun one. It's got lots of loops. It goes backwards. It's super fast. Yeah. You just keep choosing it over and over and over again. I mean, we must like it here. You know, I don't know. Coming back. No, no, I think I got drunk. I think I got drunk and was like shopping and coming here. I don't know. I, I, I live for my, my wife, my son, my, my family, my friends, but. I think the whole experience is crazy because I, I experience it from the human perspective. I, I experience what it's like to be in the human form and, and really feel what, what time is like. I mean, I, I know I'm complaining, but I mean, there's a lot of beautiful things here. There's a lot of wonderful, beautiful experiences that would come up for the world. Um, in addition to the birth plan, do people also have an exit plan? Do they also know how they're going to be getting out as well? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe that part of it. And again, the multiverse comes into play as well. So you know, if a person in my life passes away mm-hmm. here, they pass away for me to have that experience, but they could fracture off into another timeline and continue having a life doing other stuff as well. So again, infinity comes into play. Infinity is real hard to explain, but I do believe that we do pick our exit points. I think that we pick lots of them. And, you know, there's so many twists and turns. It's a choose your own adventure game. So there's so many twists and turns. We can come in and out at so many different points, but I do know that energy does not die. Um, I've seen people like in form like souls that have left earth and i swear i've met people that are they have taken on that soul and so yeah it's it's this big huge wonderful mystery of yeah of consciousness wait we say they met the soul what a soul replacements you know i've like i've seen people that okay so for instance my parents passed away when i was 23 right after my spiritual awakening I was in a hospital because I didn't know what to do. And this woman, she came up to me. She was leaning over the hospital bed. All I could see was her name tag. Her name tag said Janine. My mom's name was Janie. 
So it was like nearly the same name, only one letter off. But all I see is the name tag. And I look up at this woman's face and she literally has my mother's eyes, not my mother's eye color, my mother's actual eyeballs. Wow. And she starts telling me about her recovery journey. And she's asking if I need help. I go up to her office with her. There's a sign behind her that says, what mommy does, baby does. And it was a sign about like breastfeeding, like how drugs can transfer through breast milk. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, I'm thinking this woman's my mother. She's telling me that what she does, I have to do. She's talking about recovery. I have to do recovery. And I was completely combative, but you know, things like that. I swear to you, it was some essence of my mother inside this woman trying to help me get on my path. That's really wild. And um, I think it's very fascinating. You were talking about points of attraction for all different types of universes. Cause I've had things where I think that my life is there's different versions of me throughout different realities when I've made certain choices. Um, when you have your experience and um, you said that experience, you, you felt you saw your mother. Have you also seen other people in other people's eyes that you once knew on earth and that that an indication that they could be communicating with you? Oh, yes, absolutely. I've seen every person that I've ever lost in form. They've come back in some way. And then, you know, there's also this knowing sometimes when you are around a stranger or somebody that's going to be a partner in your life, your eyes meet and you think, Mm -hmm. I know this person from somewhere, but you don't, but you do like, like, you know, like deep within your soul, you do. And that's where that contract between souls comes together in the pre-birth plan. You're not only picking your life experiences, you're picking life experiences that you're going to have with other souls. And I believe that we come here in groups of souls and we reincarnate over and over and over again to keep playing the roles in different lives. Like you said you and your wife have this relationship, like where yeah. you kind of drive each other nuts. I bet in a past. No, life, I drive her crazy. I, okay, I just drive, drive her, her crazy. crazy. Yeah. I bet in a past life, she was the one that drove you crazy. And maybe your roles were reversed. Maybe she nah. was the husband, you were the wife, <laughs> you know, and so you're balancing out your lifetimes. And that's why, yeah, that's why those things kind of pop up like that. Excellent. Well, what if you want to get off the cycle? What if you want to get off the ride? You have all these other spirits. Like, say, we have a group of 20 people. They're like, well, we're going to continue. What if you want to get off the ride? Because I am definitely not coming back. I'm, I'm going to be out. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I told myself a lot of times. So obviously when I do that, like, you know, end of life review, I'm going to hear this a lot of times. A lot, my higher self is going like, you know, we don't want to hear this guy complaining anymore. So we're getting off the ride. Yeah. Uh, does that mess up? evolution for the other like 19 or 20 spirits that you come in with definitely not there's no way to mess this up there's no way to mess anything up so if you decide that you don't want to come back in form for the next life cycle you would stay up in your hive as a guide and you would be there either when somebody has a spiritual experience you would come you know you'd be the other person on the phone for the customer service agent if they need some help they need some guidance on their life um, you know, like we switch roles in that way too. Our guides are, were once in form with us. Now they're not, they stay there to help guide us. So yeah, there's definitely no way to mess it up. And yeah, I think that we, and I honestly do believe that we are in the midst of the great awakening. So I don't think that there's going to be, this earth isn't going to exist to come back to anyway. So I think that we're all set. None of us want to come back. I think that's like a, even I don't want to come back. I've no. had all these amazing experiences. No, thank you. I'm finished. <laughs> I'm going to watch the rest of the show from out there. No, thank you. Um, so yeah, I, but I really think that something something big is shifting on earth. I don't think it's going to exist like this anymore. What do you think is going to happen? Because I've heard that. We heard that there's shift. There's going to be 5D and all the shifts. I, I don't know. 
I, when I look at the ground and I talk to some of the people in the freedom movement, they're like, well, maybe we're going to have World War III. Maybe we're going to have uh, an alien invasion, or maybe the people that are controlling the planet are going to lock everyone down, or we're all just going to be like locked in, and there's not going to be any reason to exist here with freedom. So I don't know. Can we never think so? Maybe, maybe we'll have a meteor hit, and that'll knock the power grid down, set us back a couple thousand years, but we'll live in freedom. We just want to have iPhones. I, I think it would be kind of cool. Maybe for the first five minutes. So I don't those know. are a really lot of maybes. I think that all of those realities, they'll, they'll definitely exist somewhere. Okay. Maybe it won't be this timeline. For me, I mean, like, I, and I, I believe it can happen in so many different ways, and it will happen in so many different ways. And that's what the multiverse is all about, is the mm-hmm. fact that any idea that we can think of, it's going to happen somewhere. Uh, Because like we are these creators, but for me, you know, I see it sort of, I think it's going to be a lot like a near death experience, how people describe that sort of like this white light, this feeling of being back home. And then having the be the ability to create all over again. So, you know, like as I come into spiritual awareness in my own life and my integration process, I realize what I don't want to take with me to new earth. You know, like there are certain structures, there are certain constructs that are put in place here that I don't want to take with me. I don't want to take racism. I don't want to take classism. I don't want to take the idea of money. (laughs) I don't want to take any of that stuff with me. So when I get an opportunity to create my new earth, I want it to look a a lot more inclusive, you know? Got it. Yeah. And um, when you were, my understanding is that you were doing heroin? Yes. Do you find that, are there any particular, even though you, you, you were addicted, some very bad experiences, do you think that there were some positive benefits that were, that opened some doorways to you spiritually and that there are some drugs on the planet that could have a profound positive impact on your spiritual involvement? If so, which ones would you think those would be? Well, I will say this. I was a heroin addict. I was also a methamphetamine addict and a wow. psychedelic addict. My overdose happened as an overdose on hallucinogens. Wow. Definitely know that there are certain drugs that can crack you open and expand your awareness that that I do know. I don't advocate for people to go overdose on hallucinogens or anything. Um, But yeah, you know, I think that there are certain plants that were left here for us to connect with the divine um, in sacred ways. And I don't, the thing about the Western world where we live is that we don't really have a lot of sacred rituals. We don't have too much culture when it comes to things like plants or the earth and stuff like that. So it's kind of all gotten like washed together. And, um, but you know, like in indigenous cultures, this is what they do. This is like your, your, how they welcome you into your adulthood is they take you on a vision quest. Um, I don't think that there was really any positive experience that came from being a heroin addict, except that it kept me very sedated from a lot of the emotional pain that I was feeling throughout my life. And I don't think that I could have handled being alive if I wasn't so sedated and strung Um. out. So that's the only real benefit that I could see from that. Um, But yeah, you know, like I know that there are plants here that we've that we've kept for us to, for the evolvement of consciousness as well. Like we've gotten to a point where we need a little bit of a kickstart. So I think that that's why they're here. 
you know, ayahuasca would be something great for people to, to try or go through. I, I mean, I, I've try. never done it. I would love to, but it's not part of my path anymore. Okay. It's never going to be part of my path. But, um, you know, like I have some friends that they've kicked their addictions thanks to plant medicines mm-hmm. like Ibogaine and ayahuasca. And, um, and I, there's healing properties inside of it. And, and there's something very sacred about it. Thank you. But the last question I have for you is as a warrior, as somebody on here, and I'm because we have other people listen to our show, they're also warriors as well. What are some of the uh, principles that once you keep in mind to be a spiritual warrior? What are, what are some of the uh, you know obligations that you have and how can you help others? In addition okay. to, in addition to being present and illuminating your energy. Yes. Being present. Definitely practicing spiritual principles the same way. Like I have to exercise them the same way I have to exercise my body if I want to see some kind of result. So every day I try to exercise compassion, acceptance, open-mindedness. That's such a big one, especially on my spiritual journey. In the beginning of it, I was so close-minded. I was like, okay, this is, this is the only path. And like, if you don't believe this, then you're, you know, like it's just bad news for you. But now I exercise some open-mindedness in my life, a lot of honesty, a lot of humility. And because I exercise all of these spiritual principles, I'm open to a life of spirituality. And like you, like you said, being of service to other people in whatever way that means, whether it's sharing some of my own story with them to let them know that, that they're not alone, whether it's just holding space and listening, uh, like in whatever way I feel, you know, I feel most called to those are the things that, yeah, I, that really helped me in my spiritual fitness. So, Betty Godayo, I want to thank you so much for being with us today, for sharing your uh, in heaven experience. A lot of wisdom came out of that. Wow, a lot of great life lessons. Uh, you can learn more about you by going to your Instagram handle, which we'll, we'll share. Uh, Betty, thank you so much for bringing light into this world. Thanks so much. So grateful for you. Me too. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our unbelievable guest, and special thanks as always to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Constance Dallas, and our social producer, Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Out of Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outoflimitsradio.com. And till the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace. Love and beers. Take care and thank you so much for listening.